0: Now this is a story all about how Grace turned our lives upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, and introduce you to Wendell and Wayne Hunter. Hello, my friends. Hello, it's, my friend.
1: It's really hard to talk
0: sitting upside down, but
1: since Grace turned <laughs> me upside down.
0: That's a dad joke. Uh,
1: yeah. It's a bad joke. It is a bad joke, <laughs> yeah. too. It's yeah. even
2: bad for a dad. Yeah,
1: it is, and I'm a granddad.
0: Did the jokes get worse when you're a granddad?
1: Like no, but I've got a good one. Go for it. So ancient uh, archaeol archaeologists discovered some ancient antelope remains out on the plains, and they have determined that this antelope they found could actually jump ten times higher than a house. Okay. But houses can't jump.
0: Oh my gosh,
2: that's. Can we restart the? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's my attempt at a granddad joke.
0: That is a grand bad joke.
1: (laughs) There you go. There you go. But you have grace for me.
0: I do. I have lots of grace. And it is very appropriate that we're talking about dads and granddads in terms of grace. Because as we have grown to love one another and share with one another our own stories and lives, um, a lot of what we come back to often is what does it mean to be a man and obviously I don't mean that in terms of um, human right yeah I mean that in terms of like masculinity and particularly as I think the three of us navigate what it means to be a husband and a father and uh, a pastor and folks who definitely want to listen to and raise up Women that we know. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, how do we how do we do that? And what does it mean to be a man who follows Jesus when the example of Jesus was very contrary in a lot of ways, very contrary to like He Man or right. um, Rocky Rocky? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I was thinking about this just a little bit um, I run a little bit and uh, I ran with uh, a group of women uh, for a little while uh, occasionally and, uh, and I've run with uh, men, groups of men before and it's interesting when you run with men the pressure is on the last person to catch up but these women I ran with the pressure was on the person out front to slow down Hmm. Because there was something about being together and staying together that was important to them uh, it, that was <laughs> a whole lot better than pressure to perform or to be as good as or to prove something. I think masculinity in our culture has a lot to do with proving something. And grace has a lot to do with being accepted as you are and having worth whether you're first or last or somewhere in between, so I think that's part of uh, the shift that that we need to that we can learn that we can learn uh, from those who uh, who don't have the same trap that we're that we have yeah it
1: the the shift that's happened in me I was brought up as a hunter, a fisherman um at one point in my life i broke horses and learned to shoe them and that was you know if you could when you were hauling square bales of hay if you could last a half hour longer than everybody else could then you were the man in the group you know so i was brought up in that so it's been a real paradigm shift for me to realize that to to me the masculine thing is to is to stop like you said stop trying to prove that you're something because that's actually coming from a very weak standpoint
2: right Hmm. i'm not
1: sure who i am so i'm trying to find who i probably not who i am but who i want to be or who i think you want me to be to find me to be an acceptable man so i'm going to work longer and i'm going to ride my horse faster i'm going to whatever you know where um to have the courage to say and, and that to me is it to have the courage to say you know what this is who i am yeah. it's not who you want me to be or yeah. who i think somebody else expects me to be but this is actually who i am and i'm good with you rejecting that yeah i'm good with you finding fault with that i'm good with you maybe not even trusting or admiring that i'm right. i'm okay with that yeah that takes way more courage than flexing and, right. you know, being being macho and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, I think we tend as as men to to define ourselves by comparison. Yes. And that comparison is usually in the form of competition. Uh, who's better or, or stronger or bigger or faster or whatever, and it's kind of like, um, I'm just just got this in my head so it may be totally make no sense and may be totally wrong but I think maybe uh one of the the faults with masculinity is is we are always comparing ourselves with the people ahead of us the people who are uh that we want to beat or we want to catch or or whatever so we are there's always a sense of not being enough or uh or this need to do more maybe that's not that's the better way of putting it uh when uh when maybe grace has more of an ability to, um, to recognize the things that the worth of people that doesn't have to do with being ahead or behind, mm. to make sense. Mm. It's not a comparison thing. Mm. But it's just this recognition that mm-hmm. uh, in grace, every person is of equal worth, uh, very different and diverse. But in terms of worth and value, there's, a, there's an equality that, you know, you don't have to compare or compete to experience
1: it's interesting if you ask a woman about herself she will generally talk about the people in her life she will generally talk about her relationships I don't want to make just a stereotype but generally they really women really want to talk we want to talk about what we can do what we can produce the hurdles we've jumped yeah you know so we we measure our worth on uh, what we can do not who we are yeah, and and grace helps us find out who we are, and then we celebrate that instead of just what we can do.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess about three years ago, my wife and I bought a house. We bought it at auction. And when you buy a house at auction, you buy it as is. And so for the past three years, we've been discovering um, not just what we wanted to fix about the house, but what needed to be fixed, and um, I am not handy at at all. Like I don't even know the language. Like right. I have to if something breaks or goes wrong. Like the fan in the bathroom went out the other day, and so I had to Google. I, I don't even know what I was Googling. Right. You know, it's like put the <laughs> flange next to the <laughs> nut and then tighten the bolt. And I'm right. like, what is it? What is a flange? I so have to, you know. Right. So I get I get really full-on confession I get really its difficult for me to admit that I am not handy because for me like a man knows how to yeah, fix right. things yeah. and so like in my mind there's this definition and maybe because my dad was super good at fixing things like yeah. you know, there's this definition of this is what a yeah. spouse and a, a father should be able to do right. and should be able to do it well Right. and so it's, it reveals every bit of my brokenness when I try to fix something right. <laughs> because I don't know how to fix right. it. Yeah. And then I nine times out of 10 do more damage to it, trying to fix it. And so it becomes this, yeah. this cycle of frustration. And I think it's because things in the house, like are constantly on display for uh, comparison or mm. for measuring, you know, it's like I painted this wall or I laid this floor right. or I fixed this thing. And if I didn't fix it or I didn't fix it well, mm. Then everybody sees it, mm. yeah. And so it's, it would be the equivalent of me constantly putting on display what is not, right. uh, what I'm not proud of about yeah. who I am, right? Mm. And so that that's where I feel the, the comparison trap, the the yeah. sort of toxic masculinity of this is this is what it means to be uh, a, a man,
2: right? Yeah, and maybe. Maybe grace is what can help us with that, so that we're so that, you know, when I uh, mess up the floor when I'm trying to fix it, it's like I can laugh at that instead of feel ashamed of that. Or if my wife corrects the way I'm driving, I doesn't <laughs> it doesn't destroy my sense of self identity, but it's like, oh yeah, you're right, I didn't do that very well, or I did turn the wrong direction, or, you know, is there enough grace for that to happen? I'm not sure. But the three of us are
0: looking at each other and smiling, especially about the the. Uh, I was I was car. I was
1: good right up to the driving yeah. thing, and it's yeah. like oh 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 wait no. Yeah. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head there.
2: The idea that I could actually do something wrong or not, uh, and that somebody might be able to correct me about it.
1: Life life is so much more wide open when you're open to the idea of being wrong. And it's so anti-masculine in our culture. Yeah. It's illegal to be a man who is wrong, right? In any way, physically, mentally, it doesn't yeah. matter. You're not allowed to be wrong. And who who created that? Yeah, I mean, Brene Brown talks about men coming early on in her her lecturing series or whatever. Men coming up to her and saying, you know, you're talking about shame and all this in women. But men are stuck on this white horse, and we don't know what to do with it. Yeah, you know, we're we're right. we're issued the armor and the and the steed, and then it's like, but I don't know. I yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to ride. Yeah, yeah. 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 and and right. so we're there. There's this there's this fear of failure. this fear of being found out that we are less than right. or or whatever.
2: Yeah. Now, I know that that's a lot of my uh, stories. That that fear. Of being found out that I I don't have a clue what I'm doing you know most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling around and uh, wandering and uh, occasionally come across something that's good but most of the time I you know it's I'm just like a stab in the dark uh, and I think grace I think we do that uh, in our relationships and uh, and even in our relationship with God we feel like we we should know the answers or we have to get it right uh, and I was thinking about this the other day and said something about this recently. Uh, I think Christianity is 90% trial and error. Mm. Uh, we just figure it out as we go along. And so being wrong is part of that. Mm-hmm. That's how we figure things out. And so we shouldn't be so shaken. And grace, I think, is, is this acceptance of who we are with value uh, as we are. And so being wrong shouldn't shake our world. It should be an ex- expectation. I mean, I know... My wife expects me
0: to be wrong, so <laughs> why can't I not be so surprised by it? So, how do you think that the unwillingness to be wrong has shaped our faith, like on a individual level or on like a big giant church l- church level? Wendell, I've heard you say mm. that, like our faith would be so different if we did a better job of listening to uh, women, mm-hmm. and and how. How the way we experience God would be different if we listened more closely to the voices of women throughout history.
1: Yeah. It. it um, if you're afraid, because you're, you're you're stuck up on this white horse, issued the armor, without a clue. You you don't have the knowledge. You don't have the emotional fortitude. You don't have the experience. You don't have anything. You're just sitting there, and and so your biggest fear is the fear of failure. Your biggest fear is is being found out. Well, y- you've got to do whatever you can not to be found out. So Christianity becomes an exercise and I've got to memorize the manual, you know, got to memorize the rules. I've got to keep the rules or at least the ones that are important in my group. And I need to enforce the rules and I need to, It it all becomes about this weird control And it goes to theology, it goes to ethics, it goes to order of worship in a church. I mean, as a pastor, it has to go just this way because if it gets a little bit haphazard or chaotic, they're going to see me sitting on this horse and I don't know what to do. So I've got to keep them, I've got to keep everything under control so that I don't get found out. And women are just, well, they're not on a white horse. They, and so they're not trying so much to. Do. Well, they have their own ty- ty- type of horses <laughs> yeah. they ride as well, but that's for another day. <laughs> and there are no women in here to defend <laughs> themselves, so we shouldn't get get to that. But, but, uh, I think they're way more open to being wrong, and and to.
2: And I think they have a lot more uh, compassion for people who are wrong. Yes. You know, if you're with a bunch of guys and you're wrong, they're going to rag the heck out of you as long as they can because it's funny and they like to see you squirm. But I think with women, there's not that, you know, again, I may be the biggest sexist side there is, but my impression is, I mean, I've got sisters, four of them and a wife, uh, and my impression is that there's much more compassion for people who are trying to figure it out, who don't have a clue. Uh, And so there's a sense in which their questions are okay. It's okay not to know. Uh, and in the church, I think we need that. We don't need to shut down all the questions, and we don't need to. But we need to uh, to be open to those things too. Uh, that sense of compassion for each other, and I think that sense of in it together. That's not the competition, but the uh, companionship, uh, and not that comparison as much as that sense of community that women nurture. That they that they are much better at than men are. And so the church would be you know wouldn't be so concerned about um, success and and bigness as much as the relationships in the community and taking everybody along so that the weakest person, the slowest person is important. Mm. Is it part of that I think
1: it I mean to me, manhood at its best is not on the field of competition manhood at its best is when somebody's in trouble and a bunch of men get together and say let's help them Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden now you don't see competition but you see see cooperation which says to me that it is in our dna whatever you want to say it is in our dna to do it right it's just that we don't access that
2: yeah we love team sports which is community and cooperation
1: yeah
0: Friends, I want to apologize for that rap at the beginning of this podcast, but thank you for listening and being a part of it. My name is Jason Brown. I've been with Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen. The three of us serve at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky.